Hi, everybody. This is Love Him, Love Them with Linda Gunner, where we give hope, touch lives, and change hearts. The devil is real, and he is out to destroy you. There's the breaking news. <laughs> Great news for you today. Uh, he's out to destroy you, and he's doing he's doing such a great job. Um, I don't know when this is going to be aired, but uh, where I am in my place of the world, we're right around uh, October, which means Halloween is coming up. And I wanted to do an entire show on Halloween, but I know people either love Halloween or they hate Halloween. So I'm not doing a show on Halloween, but I'm just going to tell you the devil is real and he's out to destroy you. And he's got some strategies. If you don't believe, it's not just my idea. This is what the B-I-B-L-E says. The B-I-B-L-E says in Ephesians 6, uh, so that you may be able, you got to pull on the full armor of God. Why? Like to be a heavily armored soldier so that you may be able to successfully stand up against all the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. So I'm going to talk to you today about some of the strategies that your enemy has against you. First Peter 5, 8, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And the enemy wants, he wants you in. He wants you in. He wants your kids. He wants you. He wants your marriage. Uh, I just uh, heard a friend of mine the other day that was on a plane. This was not me. I don't normally like to tell other people's stories because I got so many stories of my own. <laughs> I don't need anybody else's, but this is pretty wild. They were sitting on a plane and the guy beside them was praying and praying and praying and praying before the plane took off. And so finally, my friend, whenever they were <laughs> done praying, they said, um, hey, so I see you were praying. You know, what were you praying about? It's like I was praying to Satan for all of the pastors of churches, marriages to be completely destroyed, because I know if we can destroy just one generation of Christians, then we'll be done with them. And we can just have, yeah, praying, praying to Satan. Satanism. The church of Satan is the third fastest growing church in the world. Distraction. The enemy and his plan is to distract you. Not with bad things, but he wants to distract you with good things. I mean, really, what's wrong with coaching your kid's soccer team? Nothing wrong with that, right? What's wrong with coaching or being an instructor or being a volunteer with your kid's dance team? But you know what? A lot of times when we're doing all these good things, we don't ever have no time for the God things, right? Satan wants you to be defeated with the same sin struggle again and again so that he nullifies your power and your impact in the kingdom. Right. When you make a poor decision, all of a sudden your life is derailed and it takes a lot of people years to get back on track. Some people just stay in bed for two or three days. But a lot of people, it takes years. I'll never forget the guy that used to live next door to us. He's not there anymore. His name was Tommy. But uh, my this is when I got my first set of five kids and the, the kids would always go over. He was so nice. Uh, they, he would pay them to rake leaves, give them five dollars or whatever. But the kids would always invite him to church. And finally, one day he just sat him down. And he said, look, 25 years ago, somebody hurt me in church and I hadn't been back since. And I'm not going back. If the enemy can't distract you, then he wants to discourage you. And discouragement means removing courage from you. He wants you focused on your past mistakes. 
the mistakes you've made in your life. Instead, of, he wants you focused on the past instead of what's in the future, right? He wants you operating out of fear instead of faith. And he will send people into your life and say things that will really discourage you. I've had some things said this week that could kind of make me not want to come in here and talk to you about nothing today, right? Um, and he will do that. He'll make you think you're not good enough. He'll make you think you're not adequate. He'll make you think you don't deserve this. He wants to take away your courage, the courage for you to walk in victory. And he has a purpose for your life. You need to get that. You know, we always hear Jeremiah 29, 11, God has a purpose for you. Satan has a purpose for your life too. It's in the word of God. He talks about it. Um, the enemy wants you to be in discontentment. <laughs> which is so easy nowadays thanks to social media, right? Because everybody has a perfect life. He wants you to be convinced. You know, I was just at an event this past weekend and uh, when we pulled into the neighborhood of where the the final VIP event was, I mean, there couldn't have been a house in that neighborhood that was under $5 million, right? I mean, the front porch was bigger than my entire, uh, my entire house. And he wants you to think that everybody else's life that you'd be happier if you just had someone else's life. You know, we compare our marriages, we compare our churches, our holidays, our vacations, our careers, and we're always thinking, I wish I was where someone else is, just to make us not content and to make us ungrateful. You know what? I'm going to tell this story. So uh, this past weekend, I was at this event, and um, a lady that ended up sitting beside of me who is a multi-billionaire. She owns, I think, 1,500 salons all throughout Europe, some here in the United States. Uh, and I sat there and had a very lengthy conversation with her because she's adopted a lot of kids. We've got kids, um, and uh, she has some of them here on student visas, different things. And you would think, and she also told me that uh, she was. we were talking about the lady's house that we were at because it was so beautiful and so amazing. I mean, even the chandelier was like the size of my garage. And she said, uh, <laughs> she said, you know, I wasn't going to come to this party and I wasn't going to stay if my house wasn't bigger than this lady's house. And I was like, oh, I hear you, girl. And I was like, well, is it? She was like, oh, yeah, my house is much bigger. And I said, Okay. And then after further conversation, and I'm asking her about her relationship with the Lord and asking her about her husband, she's got, uh, she doesn't have a husband. Uh, she's had two broken marriages and literally was so sick the year before. And this, this is what I think just took my heart and crushed it. And I'm, I'm going to establish a relationship. Oh, I did establish a relationship with her that night, and we're now friends. I'm texting back and forth with her. But this is what she told me. That when she was sick in the middle of the night, she had to call her landscaper. She called her landscaper to take her to the hospital. <laughs> this is a woman who owns multiple, multiple businesses, is a billionaire, but she didn't have anybody that she loved or that loved her that could take her to the hospital in the middle of the night except for her landscaper. You know, Facebook and social media don't help us with this because it's really easy to compare our lives. And when you're sitting with talking with somebody who's a multi-billionaire and can buy anything they want and has a 10,000 square foot house, it's real easy to go, oh, girl, I want me some of that, right? I don't want to call my landscaper in the middle of the night to take me to the hospital. 
Satan wants us, he wants me to spend my life comparing myself to everybody else. And he wants me ungrateful for what God has done in my life. I, I went through a couple of moments that night when I walked into the event that uh, with the swimming pool. There were mermaids in the swimming pool. Hello, people. <laughs> and I saw everything that was there. There was a moment that stepped into my mind. Man, this is ridiculous. And Satan could have easily taken that and made me very ungrateful to spend my life comparing my life with somebody else because Satan wants me to feel like a loser. But as I sat there and had this conversation with this woman, at one point she asked me, about, she asked me, I haven't told my husband this yet. I need to tell him this. She said, are you married? She has a, a very thick accent. And I was like, yeah, I said, I have an amazing husband. She was like, oh, I'm just asking because I have a very, very famous uh, NFL football player. I was thinking maybe you could go with. <laughs> I was like, that is so crazy. What a different life I'm living, right? But the enemy, and the, that I made sure that she knew that I was very happily married. The enemy wants me to be living in debt. Can't y'all see me with an NFL football player? The enemy, I don't even know. I don't even know what the NFL football teams are. She said it, though. What did she say? She said it funny. She said the Bengals. Are the Bengals a, an NFL team? Yeah. She said, but she said it like bingle, like bagel or something. I think he plays with the Bengals. Oh, I'm a little off track, right? Doubt. What about doubt? The enemy plan, the enemy's plan is to get me to doubt everything God tells me, right? That's he wants us to doubt it because if we believe it, we that's that's where the whole part of our faith is, right? And God tells us in so many different situations, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if Satan can get us to, to doubt, especially what God tells us, that's half the battle. He wants me to doubt God's presence. You know, how often do you hear that? Oh, do you really think God is here? Do you really? He wants me to believe God is nowhere to be found. He wants me to think that God has completely forgotten me. He wants me to doubt God's provision. Because think about it. If we really grasp the fact, you hear people say it all the time. God, my father owns the cattle on a thousand hill. Well, if your father owns the cattle on a thousand hill, you don't need to be worried about anything, right? But Satan wants you to be worried. He wants you to doubt. He wants you to doubt his character. Because ultimately, if we doubt God's character, it's easy for us to doubt the fact that he loves us. If God really loved you, why would he let this happen? If God really loved you, why would he let that happen? He wants us to doubt God's promises. I know your word. He wants you to, I know your word says this, but is that really going to happen? I mean, that's, that's the problem with how we pray. We pray as if we don't believe it's going to happen. He wants us to doubt God's plan. He wants us to think that our life is too far gone. Oh my goodness. I have so many stories about this. We just, we just had, we just had this happen. I just had this happen this morning. So our, we, we um, love him, love them, which is the name of our organization. We feed thousands of people every Thanksgiving. We started off like 15 years ago feeding 11 people. And now this year we're up to 5,000 people, right? Well, the place we've used for, I don't know, the last, what is it, Michael? Eight years, five years, seven years, something like that. They, um, they told me earlier this year that we couldn't use the facility. And so then I called back and they were like, oh, of course you can use it. I don't know what we were thinking. And then they called me back and said, oh, no, we changed our mind. You can't use it. I was like, oh, my gosh. Where in the world are we going to do this? We have all these volunteers coming in. We've used the same place forever. Everything works there. It's great. I, I know I've asked 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 people 
of every place that I could think of anywhere nearby for us to have this event. We take over the entire establishment for a week from Saturday to Saturday. We pack 5,000 meals out of there. We have laundry detergent, blankets, Bibles, pet food, uh, extra groceries, eggs, all of this stuff that we that we hand out. And then on the Saturday after Thanksgiving, we revamp it and turn it into a place where we partner with Feed the Hunger and we pack 25,000 meals for Haiti. If you want to join us for that, go to our website, lovehimlovethem.org, and uh, you can do it. So everybody has told me no. So I'm like, I tell my husband, I was like, is this ridiculous? Do we just need to take this year off or what is the deal? And I, I everywhere I reached out to said, no, 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 no. Well, this morning, this morning, we got our brand new location, and I'm going to give them some props. It is the Franklin County High School. Oh, honey, this place is like, you know the verse that says any more than I could have ever asked for or imagined? It has to be 750 times bigger than the place that we were in before. It's got a stream. It's got a flow. I, and I finally, when I was walking out of there, I was like, I am so glad those other people canceled on us, right? Because if they hadn't canceled on us, I would have never had to go and look for another place. Now, up until this morning, I was not saying that I was really glad that those people had canceled on us. But what if... I didn't, what if I had just said when they canceled, oh, well, God must have something better for us. He must have something better. We, we, we don't want to live through that and say that because we think everything's too far gone. Uh, Satan wants me to doubt God's power. He wants me to think that the ideas that I have, that the success all depends on me and not God. So I'm thinking the success of us even finding that Thanksgiving place was going to depend on me. Who I called, if I reached out to the right people, if I reached out to enough people, didn't have anything to do with me because it ended up being from a, another connection. Actually, I'll have to tell you that story some other time. That's another miracle. Satan wants me to be, he wants us in division. You know, the Bible says that two are better than one because they can help another succeed. And that when someone who falls is in trouble, that's Ecclesiastes 4, 9 and 10. He wants his idea. Oh, wow. I was just talking about this. A friend of mine from high school just called me on the on the way here tonight to tell me uh, that she was now cancer free, but also that her mother just passed away. And during the conversation, she tells me that she and her husband are separated and have been for 12 years, separated and not divorced. And, and, and she's starting to tell me the details of that. But that this is that's Satan. He wants division. He wants the breakdown of any significant relationship in my life. So I'm really looking forward to, I'm going to be at that funeral this Friday, and I'm really looking forward to having some conversations with her about that breakdown and who her real enemy is. Satan wants lack of unity. Um, you know, united, if you move the eye, one space over becomes untied. And, and, and that's the eye. When the eye is, is the one that's significant, that's what happens first to getting untied. Two are better than one, and in community there is accountability. Being alone brings secrecy and being alone brings isolation. And that's really Satan's goal. That's why he wants to break down the relationship so that you can be alone. Because when you're alone, he has full access to your mind and to your soul. Satan wants discord and division in relationships and to be isolated, to be powerless. You know what? You know the other reason Satan wants that? That's something that hinders your prayers. Reconciliation is required for God because God says he's not going to listen. He says, leave your stuff at the altar and go because I, I, I don't even want to hear your worship if you're not reconciled. And that's one of the reasons Satan is doing just the opposite of everything that God wants us to do. 
Satan wants us deceived, deception. He wants that what God says is off limits is really okay. What's the big deal about living together? I mean, really, everybody's doing it. It doesn't really apply to me. So I can just sin in my life. He wants us to think that what God says is bad. It's really okay. I mean, what's wrong with transgender? What's wrong? I mean, if that's really what the child thinks that they are, what's wrong with that? Satan wants us to think that what God says is really bad and what God says is really good is not really good. He wants to convince us that the following are okay, that he's, he wants us to think that gay lifestyle is okay. I mean, that's everywhere. I saw last night, um, Caitlyn Jenner. I mean, just you don't have to even go too far. Everything is happening with gay lifestyles uh, and transgender. Uh, it's not okay. <laughs> not only is it not okay, it tells us that no one who does that is going to enter the kingdom of God. He wants you to think that abortion is okay. I mean, you can go to jail for killing an animal, but you don't go to jail for killing a baby. Come on. The right to life is just a suggestion. I saw something that I uh, recently became involved with, and I just saw on their uh, social media page that they are, I always get it confused, that they are pro-choice. And I'm like, how in the world did I get mixed in with that? The sec- he wants you to think that sexual purity is just a suggestion. I mean, I took Rodofka to the doctor for something uh, recently. Oh, it was sort of the keloids in her ears. And one of the things that they, they told her was that before they were going to do the um, radiation or whatever it was, that she had to go get a pregnancy test. Now, she's 21 years old. And she looked back. The doctor was like 70, maybe. <laughs> she looked at the doctor and she said, excuse me? And he said, yeah. He said, we have to make sure that you're not pregnant. She goes, I am a Christian. I am not pregnant. I am not married and I will not be pregnant until I'm married. And he looked, she said it with such boldness and confidence. He looked back at her and he literally said, I've never heard that before. I've never, that's because that's not even a thing nowadays. I mean, everybody is assumed to be having sex, right? Well, he told her again, he said, I'm really sorry though. I do have to have the pregnancy test. She said, I'm not doing a pregnancy test. I'm a Christian and I'm not having sex and I'm not pregnant. And you know what he did? He pulled me aside outside. He was like, I think we're just going to let her go and not require the pregnancy. <laughs> I said, I think that's probably a good idea because I don't think you're going to get it. Oh, but Satan wants, Satan's got even our doctors thinking that everybody's having sex and that sexual impurity is okay. It's not okay. He wants us to see things, doesn't want us to see things the way God sees them. And if the devil can't do these things to you, that we've already talked about. He just wants to destroy you, right? He knows he cannot steal my eternal security if I've if I've given my life to the Lord, but he can overwhelm my life. That that's where I'm at this past week. He can overwhelm me with distraction and he can overwhelm me with discouragement. I have the opportunity to speak almost every Sunday in a different uh church. And last Sunday I literally was uh overwhelmed with discouragement right before I went up. And then you know what? Uh, Right afterwards, I got to lead somebody to Jesus. So Satan knew what was going to happen, and he wanted me discouraged. He wanted me discontent. He wanted me doubting. And he wanted to divide. Because if he does this, he knows that then he can put me on the sidelines. That's what he almost did. I literally had already told my husband to go to the pastor and tell him that I wouldn't be able to speak that morning. 
and uh, that's that he was trying to render me ineffective for God, ineffective. And we really, I mean, I'm telling you, I'm telling myself, I need a mirror here to be able to see. He wants to destroy everything we've worked for so hard to build. He wants to destroy my reputation. He wants to destroy our ministry. He wants to destroy the church. He wants to destroy relationships. He wants to destroy my finances. And ultimately, he wants to destroy my faith. He can't take away my eternal security, but he can destroy us to make us ineffective in our faith. Are you going to stand firm? Are you going to give in? Because the choice is ours. The choice is mine. I'm, I am no different from you, and I'm going to be honest with you. I think that the biggest difference is I feel like I get it harder. <laughs> Because the amount of things that come down heavy when we're speaking the truth to others, Satan wants to take us out. So, how do you deal with spiritual warfare? Well, the good news is that God has given us some weapons. Most of us don't use them, but he has given us weapons. In Ephesians, it tells us, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, you got to put on your full armor so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything else to stand, then you stand firm. You stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist and the breastplate of righteousness in place with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And then in addition to all this, you take up that shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take that helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and you pray. You pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, you need to be alert. You need to always keep on praying for the Lord's people. If you don't have anything to pray about, pray for me. Number one weapon that we have is truth, because the enemy's plan against you is to deceive us. In John 8, 44, he tells us, you belong to the father, your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. And when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar, the father of lies. He wants us to think that God tells us to avoid good. He wants to deceive us into false thinking. But the more that we know God's truth, the less susceptible we'll be to the deception. You know, uh, last week when I had that situation where uh, I was very, very discouraged, I had two girls that were with me from the Haitian Orphan Children's Choir, and they came up and they spoke truth to me. They spoke truth to me, and that truth reminded me that I knew who my enemy was. I knew what was happening. We have righteousness. We have peace. We have faith. We have the helmet of salvation. What is the helmet of salvation? (laughs) Because the enemy wants to attack our mind. He wants me to think, oh, I must not be saved. You know, Teresa, we were talking about this at a home group last night. 
You said if you had just understood the word of God at an earlier age and how blessed we are to have such young kids in there, because he wants us to think we're not saved. He wants us to think, oh, you're not a child of God. If you would, if, because a child of God doesn't disappoint me, you know, if I have a proper understanding of my salvation and my theology and my salvation, then it protects my mind. It protects me from negative thoughts and doubts that are trying to make me crazy. You know, we have the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And when we study the word, we're putting God's thoughts into our spirit so that at the time we need it, we have the Holy Spirit and we can pull those thoughts out at the appropriate time. You know, there's a verse in the Bible that says the Holy Spirit will remind me. Well, if we've never put the, the, the verbiage in our minds, how is he going to remind us of something we haven't we haven't talked about? So I, I want to get down to uh, this movie that's out right now called Hocus Pocus, and I might do another whole show about it. But Hocus Pocus is completely witchcraft. It is completely demonic. And it is it is a plot and a strategy of the enemy to use witches and transformation of actual witchcraft. It uses magic. I've seen on Facebook uh, just yesterday, I think it was, that someone put out, what, what witch are you? What is, what witch, which, which witch are you? The witches use their powers in a variety of way. I have not seen the movie, but I have read, uh, I, there's an app called Plugged In Online, which is out by, I think it's Focus on the Family. And you can literally go in and look at every single movie and television show that's out. And it tells you the spiritual content, the, the, the uh, positive elements, the, the word, the language and the verbiage that are used. But literally there are magical spells and potions. There's a magic shop that sells occult items and new age products such as crystals. And one of the characters in that movie, Becca, uses those crystals many, many times. Uh, I was in Cracker Barrel the other day. That's one of my mom's favorite restaurants. And when I was walking out to pay, I saw in the line that it said, this is for witches' spells. It was a candy that was listed there. Get a spell on you. People, <laughs> we got to wake up. We really have to wake up. If you are a Christian... And you realize that you're in a battle with an enemy and the enemy's ways are witchcraft, are lies, are crystals, new age religion. Why in the world would, why in the world, first of all, would you go to the movie? Why would you support that? And secondly, why would you take your children? Why would you want to place those thoughts in their minds that would then desensitize them? to the fact that now they may want to go and, and, and uh, some of my daughters have told me that you can buy bracelets with crystals, even in the mall, that there's new age uh, information there. Our kids have got to know the word of God. And if they don't know it, the last thing you need to be doing is showing, taking them to a movie that fills their heads with ideas of how they can ride around on a broom, raise somebody from the dead, use a zombie and I just really really want to encourage you to not place yourself in a position because you know what that is that movie is a strategy and a scheme of safety that's what it is so I want to really really hit hard on the facts that we have enough evil coming into our lives without asking for it 
But for us to purposely go and see something that we know is evil uh, and even post about it, it speaks volumes for where we're at. I'm telling you this because I love him and I love you. And I want to open up your eyes. I want to open up the eyes of your heart.